Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the Crime Story Podcast with Carrie Antholis, where stories of crime and justice are told. On today's podcast, I read my story. Robert Durst wonders to judge if his lawyers were experiencing temporary insanity or collective dementia, which you can find in written form at crimestory.com. Robert Durst lodged some shockingly critical assertions about his lawyers in a Los Angeles court on Monday. The assertions were delivered in the form of a letter as Judge Mark E. Wyndham was wrapping up a hearing for defense motions for a mistrial in advance of the planned May 17 resumption of Durst's trial for the murder of his friend Susan Berman. In Crime Story's March 18 piece about last month's readiness hearing for the case, we reported the surprise development that Durst sought to personally raise legal issues with Judge Mark Wyndham at the end of the hearing by trying to deliver a handwritten letter to the judge. Judge Wyndham breezily deflected Durst's offer at that time, as Durst's attorney told the court that they did not believe that it was a good idea for Durst to submit the letter. At that time, Judge Wyndham said the following. Very well, in counsel, I'll invite counsel. If it has something to do with his uh, conditions or uh, circumstances, uh, that, that may be appropriately addressed ex parte, but if you give me a letter, I am going to put it in the court file. So uh, I, I think you're probably wise, Mr. Durst, to trust Ms. Ames on, on this. I'm sure she'll communicate every single idea that you have in that letter uh, to me in, in a way that uh, couldn't uh, couldn't uh, harm you in any legal sense. At the end of Monday's hearing on the defense team's latest motions for mistrial, Durst once again sought to deliver the letter to Judge Wyndham. This time he succeeded, and just as Judge Wyndham promised, he put the letter in the court file. And I will now read the entirety of that handwritten document. Page 1. Dear Judge Mark Whitman, Regarding stipulation 45, dated 1-13-2020, date of this letter, 1-12-2021, received at LAX Courthouse, April 12, 2021. As a reminder, the only writing instrument the jail allows is a golf pencil, which we must buy from commissary. That is why parts of this might be unreadable. I am writing to you out of extreme desperation. The lawyer Stephanie Ames visits me through the glass most weeks. On a visit during May 2020, she delivered to me Stipulation 45, which was dated 1-13-2020. When I got back to my room and perused the stipulation, I became concerned and subsequent readings shocked me. When next I saw Stephanie Ames, I asked why I had not seen Stipulation 45 sooner than May 2020, since it was executed on 1-13-2020. Stephanie Ames said she delivered it to me when she received it. 
page 2. Stipulation 45 consists of three pages and some addendums. Page 1 lists names of prosecutors and defense lawyers. Page 2 is a single-spaced list of provisions, many of which are very helpful to the prosecution. For example, the defense agrees to not present to the jury hearsay evidence that Kathy Durst was seen after 1-31-1982. The prosecution has acknowledged repeatedly using hearsay evidence. Any evidence that Kathy Durst was seen after 1.31.82 means I could not have killed her. If I could not have killed Kathy Durst, then John Lewin's whole theory of why I killed Susan Berman falls apart and I should be immediately apologized to and released. I am aware of no provision that is helpful to the defense. I cannot imagine why the four defense lawyers agreed to the stipulation. Perhaps they were experiencing temporary insanity or some form of collective dementia. Page 3. Page 3 of Stipulation 45 is the execution page. Next to the name of each of the four defense lawyers, the same person has scribbled the same illegible initials. As a reminder, you, Judge Whitman, approved that Stephanie could bring a recorder to our visits so that I could record my thoughts and Stephanie could forward them to my widely dispersed lawyers. Over the past six months, I have repeatedly recorded my displeasure that Stipulation 45 was negotiated and agreed to without any involvement of me. I have asked that a motion to remove Stipulation 45 be submitted to the court This has not happened. Therefore, since I had no knowledge of Stipulation 45, I should not be bound by its provisions. Please accept this letter as my request or motion to revoke Stipulation 45 in its entirety. Let's go back and break that down. Durst begins the letter by misspelling Judge Wyndham's name as Judge Whitman. Durst does that again later in the letter. Wyndham has been presiding over this case for nearly six years now. Durst's primary complaint is about Stipulation 45, a court document filed on January 20 of last year, just days before jury selection began, in which both parties irrevocably agreed that previously recorded conditional examination testimony of a number of designated witnesses would be presented by the parties in lieu of live testimony. Durst seems to misunderstand the nature of the stipulation when he writes, The defense agrees to not present to the jury hearsay evidence that Kathy Durst was seen after 131-1982. The prosecution has acknowledged repeatedly using hearsay evidence. Any evidence that Kathy Durst was seen after 131-82 means I could not have killed her. That is not exactly what the defense had stipulated. Rather, the defense had stipulated to the presentation of previously recorded conditional examination testimony in lieu of live testimony. It was during some of those examinations that Judge Wyndham did not allow some hearsay testimony. Moreover, Durst lawyers are under no obligation to get their client's approval for a stipulation unless that stipulation somehow violates the client's constitutional rights. Durston goes on to assert that such evidence would exonerate him. If I could not have killed Kathy Durst, then John Lewin's whole theory of why I killed Susan Berman falls apart, and I should be immediately apologized to and released. 
Durst culminates this written screed of frustration by summarizing his anxiety and bewilderment. I cannot imagine why the four defense lawyers agreed to the stipulation. Perhaps they were experiencing temporary insanity or some form of collective dementia. If you go to crimestory.com, you can see a video of the mistrial motion hearing that was held just before Durst gave the judge his letter. Judge Wyndham would later deny the defense team's motions for mistrial. That concludes my story. Robert Durst wonders to judge if his lawyers were experiencing temporary insanity or collective dementia. For more storytelling news and narrative analysis in the world of crime and justice, head on over to crimestory.com. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next Crime Story podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.